Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the I Think It's a Classic podcast. My name is Tannis Gale. I'm joined, of course, again by my co-host, John Brummer. John, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Excellent, excellent. Well, uh... I uh, I know you got a lot to talk about when it comes to your show going experiences, which I had none of in the past uh, couple of weeks since we had one of these. But um, real quick, I'll just jump right into what I've been listening to lately. Some new music came out that I've been super stoked about. Uh, Swans released a new song called "It's Coming, It's Real" that uh, I really enjoy, and I can't wait to hear the whole album that that song is going to be a part of. Um, have you ever gotten into Swans, John? No, I haven't. Uh, I've been told I need to, and I've listened to a little bit. I mean, I didn't hate it or anything. It never grabbed me. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of a it's a it's a tall mountain to climb, but I think it's one worth worth getting into. And uh, that new yeah. song made me go back and listen to their album, The Seer, a whole bunch, which is my personal favorite Swans album. Came out in like twenty twelve, I think twenty thirteen. Oh, maybe. okay. Oh, it's just it's really phenomenal and just one of the most epic post-rock albums I've ever heard. I'm also, I've been listening to M83 released, or M83, however you want to pronounce that band, released a little two-song EP called Luna de Fiel, and uh, just has two songs on it, Luna de Fiel being one of them, and another kind of more epic ambient piece called Temple of Sorrow. Oh, okay. And yeah, it's uh, it's really more on that fantastical side of M83, which is the part that I enjoy most from them. And oh, okay. It's really, yeah, really uh, just pretty and glittery. And it has this, <laughs> it has this, um, I can't remember the name of the artist, but the French artist that, uh, gosh, he wrote the comic that was the inspiration for that vol- film Valerian that came out a few years ago that I really liked. Uh, but yeah, the album just kind of evokes that kind of surreal sci-fi fantasy kind of tone that M83 is so successful in putting forth in their music. So yeah, it's a it's oh, a that's for cool. Me. I guess I have not been keeping up on the world of M83, so I, I had no idea that that had come out. But that that'll give me something new to listen to. Well, neither had I. And uh, the last album I I really got into was Hurry Up, We're Dreaming. And yeah. when I uh, saw that this popped up on Spotify, I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to go check out the new M83. And I found out that there's been, like, three albums since Hurry Up, We're Dreaming. Really? Yeah, I was like, oh, wow, I'm really behind with this band. I have some <laughs> catching up to do. But uh, speaking of catching up, I uh, finally got the guts to listen to Caven's Final Transmission. Yeah? Yeah, because, uh, you know, the death of Caleb Schofield is something that really bummed me out, um, just being a fan of haven and those associated acts since i was in high school since around the year 2000 or so yeah um, and this album kind of being partially his last and it being really heavy emotionally like i just kind of didn't have the guts to listen to it for a while and finally i dug in and yeah it's really good it's full of yeah, a lot I, of heart. i listened to it i listened to it almost immediately i um I mean, I didn't think it was the greatest thing in the world. Again, I didn't hate it. Um, it's just, you know, something that's now in my, my library that comes on every so often, and I go, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, Haven is one of those bands for me. I pretty, I haven't disliked anything they put out. I mean, with yeah. Antenna being my least favorite thing, there is stuff on there that I don't care for, but 
in terms of pop rock, it's better than whatever was being played on the radio at the time for the most part. Oh, that's that's very true. And real quick, I just want to add, I also uh, had a little another Iron Maiden binge, and I finally realized Peace of Mind is my favorite Iron Maiden album. I finally have one. I finally locked down and been, nope, Peace of Mind is my fucking jam when it comes to that band. So I, I don't know, I just wanted to throw that in. I had just, I've never been able to pin it down with that band. With like what my favorite album is, because so many of the songs that I enjoy so much are spread out so far throughout yeah. their 80s disc- discography, and uh, no, I finally nailed it down. Peace of mind. That's my shit. That's cool. <laughs> but um, Oh, and Chelsea Wolf came out with a new album, Birth of Violence. If you're into that, that really gloomy shit, go check that out. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's very Chelsea Wolf, and it's very good. Cool. Have you been listening I, uh... to anything new? I haven't been really listening to anything new. I mean, I guess uh, last weekend, um, because of uh, things were that were going on, I definitely was excited to check out the uh, new Ghostface Killer album that came out, which is fire like usual. Um, I mean, I don't think I've ever gotten a Ghostface Killer album and not been at least like, wow, this is impressive, you know? I I I actually realized like a couple of weeks ago that I had completely and totally missed that uh, Joe Cardamone had put out an album. Oh, really? Um, yeah, like in 2018. Oh shit. Yeah, I I I don't really ever look at my Twitter, but every so often, um, my email re- will remind me that I do have a Twitter and um, it'll you know try to keep me up on on posts that I've missed. And the only ones that I really ever see are like Travis Keller's and Joe Cardamone's uh, Twitter feed. And he, uh, Joe had mentioned something about music and uh, somehow that got me down the rabbit hole and going, oh shit, I didn't even realize that he put out a new album. So I downloaded that. And um, I mean, it's, it, it's not as good as any of the Icarus line albums, but it's not bad. Uh, it, the the one thing that has always bugged me is Joe kinda has a uh, like a Marilyn Manson mode that he goes into that annoys me because then I think I'm listening to Marilyn Manson. Um, <laughs> but uh, other than that, I mean it's interesting. But uh, the the thing that I really was listening to um, because of what happened last Sunday, I had a really big Cars marathon. I guess love them or hate them, you, you can't deny the influence they've had on music in general. I mean, me growing up, I was aware of all the Cars stuff, but I mean, I don't think that I would have been the same person without those first couple of Weezer albums. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a super bummer that Rico Kasich passed. That was. I mean, he was he was seventy five. Yeah. So it's not like you know, it's it's not like he was twenty two and they just put out <laughs> the first Cars album and Candy O, and you're like, oh no, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, anytime that uh someone who's legendary dies, it's it, it's a bummer. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So we uh, on the way back from Chicago, uh, the first Cars album and uh, Candy O got a lot of spins um and and it's it's funny because i mean i never had the first cars album on my in my library um and the reason for that is is i mean if you turn on any classic rock station and you listen for um, an hour 
you're going to hear at least three car songs. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, that's how ingrained. I mean, it's it. Most people don't talk about the cars the way that they do, like the Who or Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd or, you know, the Beatles or whatever. But God damn it. They I mean, they sure had an uh, effect on our society. And we sure do listen to them a lot, whether or not we want to admit it or not. Well, wasn't there always the kind of joke about the cars is they could have called their first album greatest hits? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that is 100 percent true. I Every I, I was listening to that album um, a couple of years ago with my brother on one of our visits, one of uh, my mom and his visits over here, because uh, he's very into that, that, uh, you know, all of the classic rock stuff. Um, and uh, I, I had forgotten how literally I think it's with the exception of one song, every single song on that album is a mainstay on classic rock album radio. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. Yeah. Anyway, um, the only other album I guess I can think of maybe contemporarily is like, and here's me trying to make a link a little bit here, but I have heard ninety nine percent of the songs on Weezer's Blue album on the radio, especially during the nineties, on pretty heavy rotation. Obviously, Buddy Holly and Undone a lot more than others, but I still remember yeah. hearing Surf Wax America and Holiday, and you know in the garage on the radio yeah th but they mean, weren't as big of as hits but i you know that's me just trying to throw more credit rico Kasich's way because he produced that weezer album you know yeah it uh it is kind of weird to think about that album being so huge and having so many hits on it too but it did i mean that and you're right that that was mostly due to rico Kasich, even an article I was reading the other day about this whole situation said that uh, if you listen to early pre-Okasic demos of Weezer, they would not have become what they are today had it not been for him stepping in and helping out. Yeah, I would, I would really love to hear those pre-Rick Okasic Weezer demos. That'd be really interesting. I'm sure it's easy enough to yeah, track I'm down. Yeah, I'm sure, too. I, I was thinking about it myself. Anything else uh, new uh, you've been listening to, though, besides the new uh, brought up Ghostface Killer was the last new thing. And then you've been rocking out to the cars for obvious reasons. Rest in peace, Rick Ocasek. Yeah, pretty. I mean, no, not really. Like like I said, there was the Joe Cardamone album. Yeah, that, uh, but that was a year ago. Um, no, and my I'm looking through my recently added and it's mostly cars, Ghostface and Joe Cardamone. I mean, I did. I added the first Method Man album, but um, that's not new at all. That came out in like '94. You know, it's pretty legit. If you want to dig down a little bit of a, I mean, you know about Raekwon, right? Are you into solo Raekwon albums? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. I've got both. I, I've got the original Cuban Links on <clears throat> vinyl. So there's that, and then of course anything by Jizza is pretty phenomenal. Um, uh, Method Man and Red Man, though, they did an album called Blackout that oh. is awesome and i think they did a couple albums but blackout was my favorite so i i never really got into method man but i always was into raekwon and uh, ghostface those are the ones that really took hold of me out of you know the the wu-tang guys i tried to get into uh old dirty bastard but his solo stuff was just a little too much for me. Um, I thought he worked well within the Wu-Tang Clan. 
but letting him go free and go wild just was a little too out there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty but, cartoonish. Yeah, I mean, uh, that is what a lot of people loved about it, but I, 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 I liked him kind of have, you know, being forced to be honed in. So that's where I'm at when it comes to music. Right on. So, um, I, like I said beforehand, I haven't had any show experiences lately, but I know that you had a big weekend, so that you kind of uh, prefaced a little bit on the last mini episode. So let's let's hear about your Riot Fest experience, John. Oh, yes. Riot Fest was awesome. Um, getting to bring my son was uh, a great experience. I mean, even though I told him that there was going to be no tolerating of, uh, you know, any complaining about being bored or whatever he did. I mean, and I guess I can't blame him. You know, this is three days of literally just walking around and, you know, his his little feetsies would hurt and uh, mine were too, but I was trying to ignore it. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, we had a really good time. We met cool people. We, uh, you know, got to see great performances. Um, a couple of my favorite performances over the weekend were uh, Rancid. Rancid came, I mean, and those guys, they, they just came out and, and they, they just owned the stage. There's no other way to, to say it then they came out and from you know note one they were just owning everything like they they i i've seen them so many times and i don't think they've ever sounded better than they did last weekend well that's good um yeah i uh they're a big factor of that um uh, might be the fact that i was a lot more sober than i was in past times seeing rancid <laughs> but uh i really did appreciate that after what 25 years or something they they still come out and and just kick ass and uh then another highlight uh was wu-tang wu-tang came out although there is one thing that i don't understand and i think they did this the last time i saw them at riot fest um i don't know if they feel like they need to compete due to it being you know mostly a rock show but uh, they start playing the music for Smells Like Teen Spirit, um, which is an odd choice to begin with. I mean, not that it, it doesn't, like, I guess, encapsulate it or that, you know, people are offended by Nirvana there. It just seems like such a popular choice that maybe they could have, like, you know, they always, Wu-Tang always kind of seemed to be, like, to me, the group that that was, you know, pushing the boundaries of hip hop and understanding that it doesn't need to just be, um, uh, you know, simple beats or, you know, it, they, they were always pushing the boundaries of what hip hop could be. So why do they literally just choose the first song that you think about when you think of like angsty teenagers or angsty? Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's RZA saying it. Yo, we're on that level with Nevada. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. But the thing I didn't understand was them, you know, they were just kind of cherry picking a few words and then badly singing over it. Um, it kind of reminds me of uh, when I've heard people making fun of Kanye West, uh, quote unquote, playing Bohemian Rhapsody live at his shows where he's literally just playing the music and then singing badly over it. Um, Ugh. yeah, good Lord. So that, that, um, that, I mean, that was a one misstep in a, in a show that was complete and total fire and, and actually 
I had a hard time leaving their set to go over and catch Slayer on time. Mostly because as I was about to leave, I mean, Noah's sitting there going, Dad, we're missing Slayer. We, we need to go. We need to go. They're, they're, I can see them on stage. Um, they uh, Now Wu-Tang has uh, ODB's first son come out and do all the ODB parts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was looking at him and I'm like, dude, I know that they're going to do Shimmy Shimmy Ah, so we got we can't leave until they do. And after they did the weird Nirvana thing, they went into Shimmy Shimmy Ah, so that made me really happy. Oh, and they did uh, Baby, I Got Your Money, too. So that was a cool, nice little tribute. So when you said the Nirvana thing, I was under the impression that they were like playing it like beforehand as like their entrance music, not that they did some weird cover of it. No, they, they wasn't. It, it would have worked as intro music. Yeah, I was like, that's not too bad, but it just seemed, you know, no. it just seems like Rizzo maybe posing a little bit. But now I'm like, oh, I see. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you know they, what's necessary? This. Yeah. Well, the thing that was weirdest about okay. it is that they went through all of Enter the 36 Chambers, which is something that they did the last time I saw them, too. They did all of the 36 Chambers, which was amazing. I mean, I think that that's probably one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time. And, you know, they came out and, you know, they're all like aging, you know, they're all, they've got to be in their mid fifties, but they all still came out and fucking were just flinging fire everywhere. And then they did the weird cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit. And I was just like, oh, that kind of brought me down a little bit. <laughs> well, who else did you see, John? I know you, you were about to see uh, you saw Slayer. How did Slayer do in their last Slayer? Chicago performance ever? For their last Chicago performance ever was fucking perfect. Um, they, uh, I don't know if they only do this on Saturdays or, you know, I mean, definitely because it was Slayer, but they turned on the uh, the speaker towers for both stages. So there was no way you weren't going to get the power. And they sounded great, which was definitely in contrast to a lot of the sound problems they were having on Friday. Even though, I mean, I know a lot of it can be boiled down to it was really, really, really windy. But I mean, we were standing there on on the uh, left side of the stage for Blink One Eight Two on Friday, and you could barely hear anything. Um, it, I mean, it was a really bad day for sound, but it, it was almost kind of egregious, you know. But um, they Saturday wasn't as windy. It was really hot. It was a really nice day, and getting to see Slayer like sounding that good with that fucking loud. And it was crystal clear too. That was the most amazing thing about it. Usually, like when in past times when I've seen uh, Motorhead or uh, when I saw the uh, the first time I saw the Misfits, when it was that loud, it literally just sounded like. <laughs> so getting to hear it, have it sound that clear, and Tom's voice. I mean, at least for the first. Uh, I think it was like five or six songs. He kind of started toning it down right around the time they started doing a, they did disciple. He, he kind of started bringing it down an octave. Cause I don't think he can, you know, at his age, he probably can't keep it going for that long, but I mean, or maybe he was just saving it so he could continue it on, uh, you know, hits like, uh, uh, raining blood and, um, South of heaven and, seasons in the abyss so even though seasons in the in the abyss is kind of more you know down an octave than what he's used to um it, i i i had seen them a couple of years ago in 2017 and 
he sounded okay then, but you could definitely tell that his age was wearing on him. But Saturday night, Jesus Christ, he fucking he sounded like it was like 1987, man. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that that was I was really happy to see them go. I, I mean, he sounded so good for a second there. I thought maybe they had a backing vocal track for him to <laughs> help out. But then I realized real quick, like, because there was one part where he missed vocals um, or like got behind the music or something. And, uh, you know, you you could see on the big screen that he was pulling away from the microphone and he started smiling and laughing about it. Um, and, it, you know, his vocal, I mean, his vocals followed it. So I was like, oh, that, that there goes the theory that he's lip syncing. He's kicking ass. <laughs> no, man, that was just a planned part of the backing track. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't get caught. It's the exactly. same way at every show. Yeah. Exactly. So we figured you out, Slayer. Don't don't think that you you got away with it with ending your career here in a month or so. <laughs> uh, We're too smart for you. <laughs> what else did um, you see at uh El Riot Festa? What was the highlight of the weekend for you, you think? The highlight? Um, I don't I mean that that weekend was just it, it was Filled with so much good, um, you know. We, I was ashamed or I was sad that we had to miss. We had to miss a little bit of the Descendants to get to Rancid on time, um, and you know there was a couple of other bands that we just kind of walked through. Uh, I seeing Anthrax was a real treat. Like I forgot how good those guys can just, you know, come out and just kick ass. Um. Sunday was really cool. We got there just in time for less than Jake to start. Um, I don't dope, know if man. I yeah, dope man, dope man. He's <laughs> got the upper hand. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I have mentioned this before, but we got to meet them last year at the Warp Tour, and those dudes are so. I mean, I've always enjoyed seeing them live, but I was so happy that they were super cool and they were so nice to the kids um that i mean that made me like them even more and and i take whatever time i can now if i can if i can catch a set of theirs i definitely do it i'm actually really bummed because they're coming to minneapolis on october 5th and i just happen to have a gig that night so we won't be seeing them Ah, oh, bummer yeah but uh other than that i mean the, this riot fest performance kind of made up for that because when i looked up um tickets for that october 5th show i wasn't planning on taking no to riot fest so that i i think that's probably why we ended up winning the tickets you know something out there some sort of force was like you deserve a good another good less than jake experience with your son <laughs> so we got that they they fucking ruled um we walked in during the village people which uh now i can say i i've watched the village people uh, which is pretty weird. insane i saw a bunch of videos online of the insane mosh pit that happened during the village people yeah well the, they the had like a big too, wall I, of death <laughs> yeah i had heard about that i saw i saw a uh um i mean talk about clickbait articles i saw a consequence of sound uh article that was like you won't believe what happened during the village people said at Riot and i mean i can even i i, I might be able to go back but i i I made a comment like a week beforehand. I mean, this was something that was readily talked about. Uh, I made, I even made a comment about, oh, I can't wait to see that pit during Village People because why? I mean, 
how else would they make it funny? I, the, the fact that Consequence of Sound is trying to play this off as in, like, this wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, it just proves that Consequence of Sound is kind of filled with a bunch of morons. <laughs> uh, well, they're generating clickbait. Yeah, I mean, good for them for making money and whatever. Uh, oh, I can't, and... believe, I can't believe you didn't tell me at Riot Fest that The Who played. Uh, actually, you know, what's even weirder. Uh, <laughs> we were standing, uh, I still haven't even posted these pictures, but it's become kind of a, um, you know, it's become kind of a tradition to, uh, get a fa- uh, picture at the, the devil phase. And while me and my son were getting, um, a picture with the devil phase, the who walked up next to us and then they got a picture with the devil phase. And I was so super stoked to be standing next to my heroes, the Who. Oh, <laughs> uh, good one, John. But uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, did you end up watching that band though? That Mongolian rock band, the Who, spelled H-U. No, we didn't get there in time, but I did take pictures of them as they um, got their pictures by the uh, the Devil Face. You know, I saw that they had the Devil Face behind the fences this year. Uh no, it wasn't behind the fence. It's it's over at the um it might have been the same place that it was in 2016, but there's like it's like a baseball cage. Oh, okay. And they put it in front of that. Okay. Because you know, it is it is a uh, an actual park and that's they have the devil face in the baseball diamond at home plate. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So you can still yeah. Okay. That's cool. Anyway, uh, other really great things. I saw B-52 Sunday. Um, that was pretty cool. We watched. They don't have the uh, Hells of Pop and um, uh, Freak Show anymore for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, that wasn't there. They had a um, masked, uh, I guess, lack for a better word, Mexican wrestling. Oh, yeah, um, like Lucha Libre stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Noah and I checked that out with a guy that we met that we hung out with, uh, most of Saturday and Sunday and, uh, B-52s are all right. I thought it would be cooler, but I was a little bit back and I, I don't know. Like, it, it didn't thrill me as much as I thought it was going to. I, I, I think I was hoping for, you know, well, they're all, more, they're all senior citizens. Like, yeah, that's true. I mean, they were, they were still good. It still yeah. sounded better. I, and I didn't. I didn't have to suffer through Love Shack, so that was good. It seems like one of those um, bands that would maybe be be better at nighttime, because then you could have a light show to go along with it, and it would just well, or maybe know. like a, a smaller venue or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we did go right after, or actually, while they were still playing. So I never, I didn't get to hear Rock Lobster because Teenage Bottle Rocket started playing, and we went over to Teenage Bottle Rocket, which is a big band for me and Noah. Um, and uh that is when uh noah <laughs> got into his first pit and uh he crowd surfed a couple of times hell yeah good so, for noah that had to be a yeah. little surreal yeah it was it was it was uh you know kind of like you know passing the torch um yeah you're like there goes my so, baby into the pit to get yeah. punched in the face and thrown around by yeah. strangers <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that wild of a pit. Um, unfortunately, for as good of a band that Teenage Bottle Rocket is, they didn't have the hugest crowd over there. Um, I mean, it was a good-sized crowd, but he was a- Noah was able to run in, you know, 
get, do his pitting, his mosh pitting, and uh, get you know thrown up on the crowd twice in in the span of a couple of minutes. Um, but there was one guy that was standing behind me, and he's like, "Dude, that is the coolest thing. Your boy was just on on the crowd." I was like, "Yeah, I I know. I I got it on film." He's like, "Dude, that's so awesome." You know, I hurt my back a few years ago. I'd love to be in there. You know, uh, uh, Noah came back and I was like, you're going to go back in? And he's like, no. Nah. And the guy's like, dude, you got to do it first. Old guys that can't anymore. <laughs> so I thought that that was pretty funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, after that was uh, Ween and Ween fucking ripped it. Which that was yeah. kind of cool for me, because as you found out uh, via messenger, I found a stream of their set live on a ween meme page that i'm a part of and so i yeah, was able that... to parrot backstage banter to you through messenger and freak you the fuck out yeah that that did freak me the fuck out i was like uh how did you know that he i mean are you just that good do they do they follow a script every show i mean ween seems like the last band that would <laughs> prepare anything for anything <laughs> you know like I, I i just i i couldn't believe it and then you, you admitted that you were listening to someone streaming it, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was really cool for me, and I'm glad you guys got to experience that band playing one of their best albums from front to back. Yeah, it was a really good time. Do you know uh, what band was playing when he said we're way better than that band over there? It could have been, I think it might have been the Rackin' Tours. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, but it could have, uh, I mean, I don't think that we would have heard Patty Smith because I think she was on a stage that wasn't facing us. The raconteurs were on one of the main stages. Yeah. So, so yeah, probably. Was. And, and actually as, uh, cause I mean, they played for two hours and I had told Noah that we could skedaddle, um, you know, fairly early that night. Cause I had no interest in all in seeing bikini kill. Um, I just, I mean, I like the song Riot Girl, but uh, everything else, I, I don't know. I think Kathleen Hanna's a little too full of herself and all sorts of other issues um, along those lines. But um, uh, I, I did want to see Patti Smith, but I, I chose Ween over that because I like Ween better. Yeah, um, and that's what Noah wanted to see, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, as we were leaving, we got to see um, from up on top of the hill, we did get to see Tours do Steady As She Goes. So that was cool. Right on. They rocked it pretty hard. Yeah. Um, some highlights uh, other than, you know, that weren't music related. Uh, when we got when we left uh, Friday night, the train was so packed. We ended up waiting like 55 minutes on the platform. Jeez. There were constantly, you know, there was con there was trains coming by that were just packed and packed and packed and packed. People would get on the other side and that would pack the, the side for us and all this stuff. It was, it was not really that fun. Um, but eventually we got squeezed in there and about 10 minutes into the ride, I smelled the worst, smell i have ever smelled in my life and it got the attention of other people and i mean they're did looking you, at me like did you fart and i'm uh -huh. like no i didn't i i definitely did not do that 
I I could not, you know, take that kind of self-esteem hit. It's already low enough, you know. <laughs> and uh I mean and it smelled bad. It was it was really bad. And you know, there was people yelling, "Oh, who who would do that? Who would do that?" Well, after we got off the train, Noah goes, "Yeah, I have to admit it. It was me." Who <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't think that I've laughed harder in my life. I'm just like, "Oh my god, how did something so foul come out of you?" It was, it was the most. I mean, it smelled like we had all been dunked inside of one of those porta bodies. It was bad. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah. So, yeah um yeah other <laughs> than that like we you know we we got to eat a steak and shake which was awesome we had too much food at uh white castle um i uh uh i wanted to take him to kuma's corner but it all of a sudden hit me because it was sunday night i was like since we had i mean even with leaving at 8 45 we still had a fairly packed train and weren't able to sit down and um I was thinking we I'd take him to Kuma's corner. I was thinking I'll take you to somewhere nice to eat tonight. And he's like, okay, cool. And um Kuma's corner came up and then all of a sudden it hit me. We're gonna get off about midway through on the pink line. And um we're gonna be there about an hour. And when we get back on, it's gonna be difficult to get on again. Yeah. So I just said, screw it. We just went to the blue line, went back to the hotel. I think um I can't remember if we grab yeah, we must yeah, we grabbed more White Castle and uh then we went to bed and then the next morning we trekked back home. Uh so I made up I made it up to him with some Cracker Bell, which was which was really awesome. Hell yeah. Um yeah, but I mean it wasn't Kuma's Corner. Did you eat at Kuma's Corner when you were in yes, Chicago? Yes, I did. Shout yeah. out to Turbo Hugan Chicago for buying me fucking Kuma's Corner when I was there. Ah. Thank you a bunch. Yeah. That was thanks. Uh, who was it? It was Chris Mullen. Thank you, Chris Mullen, for having me on that. And thank you, Jennifer Manfredi, the president of Turbo Hugan, New York, for also having my back that day when I have a huge layover and I did not plan my money well enough. <laughs> thanks for getting me drunk on I... the Lord and feeding this guy the best damn burgers I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah, I uh, I finally, after many, 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 many times of being in Chicago, I finally got to eat there in April when um, friends of mine came out um, and friends of yours came out to Chicago to see the Misfits with me. Um, and we went exploring Chicago on that Sunday. And I said, we got to eat at Kuma's Corner. And we did. And it was awesome. So, you know, it's it, I have a theory about that place. Like... I have a theory that the person who started that, that excellent burger chef, whoever was the, you know, the genesis of Kuma's, probably doesn't even like metal that much, but they just wanted their food to be fairly exclusive, so it helps keep a bunch of the normies out by having black Actually, metal burgers and shit. <laughs> I uh, I would agree with you, except for the fact that, I, I mean, the way that I heard about it was on Man vs. Food, and the guy, like, is totally a fucking metalhead. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean that yeah. was just... <laughs> yeah. I wasn't serious. Well, I just didn't I mean, want you to get all the hate mail in the world for like we'll, well be like, wow, you... we got twenty thousand downloads this month, all from people pissed about what you said about the guy from Kuma's Corner. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, no, you can't you can't fake having a, a fucking burger named after Boris. 
Like that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the thing that was the most surprising is, I mean, even though my burger was like one of the best burgers I've ever had, um, the we uh, got fried zucchini as a uh, appetizer. That was, I mean, I was actually willing to wait through uh, a crowded train just to have the fried zucchini egg. <laughs> that was out of this world delicious. Yeah, it's a fantastic restaurant. No. I can't remember. There's two locations. I, I do not remember which one I went to. Yeah, they're actually not that far away from each other within a couple of miles. So it, I, can, I think we went... When I ate there, it was not the original Kuma's Corner, but it was the one on the loop. There's one on a corner. That's the one yeah. I went to. Oh, okay. Then you must have went to the original. Because yeah. mine, the one we went to is, I mean, I guess maybe, maybe it was, but I, I know that it said uh, West Loop. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, shit, John, do you have anything else to say about Riot Fest? Because I got to be honest, I didn't eat breakfast this morning. And all this talk about Kumo's Corner is getting my stomach rumbling. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. Actually, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, since you didn't eat breakfast this morning, I should probably eat. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. It was good. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's both trail off thinking about what food we're going to consume silently. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen one of my jokes fail so hard. You were just like... Yeah, I am hungry. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, God damn it. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, tune in. Oh, hey. Oh, oh, oh. You oh. know, I, I do want to say we should start doing this at the beginning, but I really want to say a thank you to anyone who has checked us out. Uh, it means a lot to us that you, you know, even uh you'll you'll take even a few minutes to just listen to us speak about whatever you know um we, i just wanted to give an extended thanks from the bottom of my heart to anyone who has picked up this this you know podunk little tiny startup podcast and given us a chance yeah and i would like to echo that sentiment thank you thank you thank you yeah you big copy poser <laughs> anyway uh. All right, well, uh, yep, get ready next week because our review episode will be for uh, Mr. Bungle's classic album, California. So bone up on your homework. Give that a listen before you listen to our review because it's my pick and it's one of my favorite albums of all time. So I can't wait to uh, have all of you hear John's reaction to it. Yay! (laughs) All right, so from me, from John, thanks again for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much, and goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Flinging fire everywhere.